The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Order the City Council regular meeting for today, Monday, March 21st. I ask the acting city clerk to uh, do a roll call, please. Mayor Garrett. Present. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Here. Councilmember Jennings. Here. Councilmember Pinez. Here. Councilmember Miller. Here. Madam Mayor, you have a quorum. Thank you. I invite everyone um, to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'll take a motion for someone to approve the agenda, please. I'll make a motion to approve the agenda with the removal of, or with the tabling of removal of the um, American Power uh, action item. Need a second? Second. I would, would like to remove. 6A and 6B for public That would be under the consent agenda. We're just doing the approval of the agenda right now as a whole. Okay. Is there something that leaves me on the other part of the agenda? No, go ahead. Okay, so it's been moved and second. Um, any discussion? <clears throat> Hearing none, roll call, please. For approval. Roll call, Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Thank you. Motion carried. And so now we have to suspend the city council and adjourn as a zoning board of appeal. That is correct. We need roll call for a zoning board of appeal, right? Yes. And um, quickly, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt, may I? Can you close the blinds so we oh, sure. you're getting the the visual distraction of the road going behind it's messing with it. Thank you. No, it, it was just the it was just the uh, the the blinds being no, open. Thank you. Okay, so we need a roll call for the ZBA, please. Roll call for ZBA. Councilmember Kinez. Present. Councilmember Miller. Here. Mayor Garrett. Here. Councilmember Jennings. Here. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Present. You have a quorum for the ZBA. Thank you. We will be discussing the variance requests for 18931 Rainbow Court. Is there, is there anyone here that represents the actual resident? Uh, the resident is uh, on Zoom with us this evening. Let me. Let me just log her in. I see my sign. Good evening, Miss Price. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. All right, wonderful. 
All right. So Ms. Price has submitted a an application for me. Ms. Price has submitted an application for uh, a variance to install a generator in her side yard of her um, of her property. She is part of the uh, the condominium complex over there off of Golden Gate on Rainbow Court. Um, the ordinance says that generators should be installed in the in the rear yard, but I am going to turn it over to Eric Peach from Kipples Webster to go over this in detail. My name is Eric Peach. I'm with Kipples Webster, the community uh, planning consultant. Uh, this is my first time in person with you today, uh, so I look forward to working more with you in the future. I've been with Kipples Webster for a little over a year now um, and working with uh, Lathrop Village more remotely. So, uh, like I said, I look forward to getting to know you uh, more as we go. As was stated, the subject site is located at 18931 Rainbow Court in Lathrop Village. The subject property is located along the west side of Rainbow Court and south of I-696. The rear of the property abuts Santa Barbara Drive, and the property is zoned R3 single-family cluster housing, which contains an existing single-family home and abuts other R3 zone parcels. The closest point of the home to the south side lot line is about 8.8 .8 feet, but the house jogs in and has a 12-foot, 9-foot set, excuse me, 12.9-foot setback. It is in this area that the applicant is proposing to install a permanent generator. So the variance being requested and considered this evening is from section 4.12.F, which requires power generators to be located in the rear yard of the property. The applicant is requesting a variance to allow an 18 kilowatt power generator unit to be placed in the property's south side yard, not in the rear yard. It appears the side setback for accessory mechanical equipment is met. The generator is 48 inches wide, four feet wide by two feet deep, and is required to be a minimum of 18 inches from a structure. The applicant indicates it will be placed five feet from the home, which will result in a setback of approximately 5.75 feet. And we did some calculations based on the as-built survey, and that's how we came to that, uh, to that dimension. So in short, the generator will have approximately five feet, 10 inches left from the, from the property line with the adjacent uh, neighbor to the south. Uh, we do have uh, evidence that the homeowners association or the condo association has written approval uh, for the placement of the generator in this location, as does the property owner to the south and the north were included in the, the packet. That concludes my presentation. I'm happy to answer any questions. That has to be five feet from the window, correct? Thank you. Yes, the, the key uh, in the statements from the applicant is that the generator is required to be five feet from a window opening so that um, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide um, gases are far enough away to dissipate. Uh, it's a no, but, yeah. And, and uh, is the applicant the original homeowner? The question is if the applicant the original homer, I believe so, but she can verify this price. Yes, I am. It was a new build in 1996. I guess 
the only concern that I have is in order to approve a variance, um, the you know one of the one of the items that we let practical difficulty or hardship to self-create. Concern that I have is it looks like it can it can meet the uh, the five foot threshold and the eighteen inch from the building in, in the backyard. It just looks like it has to be on the pavers in order to do that. So is there is there another you know zoning issue um, or dimensional setback request that, that's preventing it from going in the backyard or? Not to my knowledge, no. Uh, it was stated in the application that um, due to certain difficulties, it's it's not um, preferred to be put in that location, but I would defer to the applicant to elaborate on, on the reasons behind that. And, and if I may, I would suggest perhaps letting the applicant at this point um, present her case, hearing directly from her, um, and then deliberate further. Ms. Price, would you like to speak about your project? With respect to the space the, in the back of my house, there are windows in the back of my house. There's no five foot of clearance to provide for the installation in the rear of my home. I submitted photographs to show there, it, there are two windows in the back of my home. And then there's a sunroom attached to the home as well. So there's no space in the back of the home in which to install the generator. Stated that in your letter. Thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to provide? Any uh, more information? Is that question to me? Yes, ma'am. Other than what you see, the, the um, actual diagrams. On the side of my house, there is a, a seven and a half feet of limited common space that is attributable to my property that I could use. Uh, that's adjacent to my property line itself. And then there's another seven and a half feet that the homeowner at 18921 would have access to as limited common area. I, I get with your, that the, what you're saying about is that the problem self um, created and um, and go ahead, you're on, or Mayor, if, you, if I may too, I, I would maybe just to help guide you in your deliberations here. I'm looking at um, page five of your agenda packet. And so that's the end of um, Eric and Jill's letter. And it gives the starting with B, BCD, it, it gives us some of the legal standards mm -hmm. um, that you go through. And some of our, we recommend um, the boards to go through that and just look at each one and kind of take a vote amongst yourselves of, um, and actually I, I misspoke, um, starting with A on the other page, talking mm -hmm. about the physical surroundings. And, and that just gives the guidance of the actual legal standards to show that there is a, um, a necessity for that, you know, or the, the, the necessity versus just a desire, I guess you could so speak, but the, uh, yeah. So I would suggest maybe go starting with the first three A 
you know, is there something particular about the surrounding shape or conditions of the specific property involved um, that would present a hardship if the strict letters of the regulations are carried out, meaning like saying you have to put it in your rear, the rear, um, and mere inconvenience or increased development costs are not such um, hardships. So maybe take a, everybody kind of think about that, whether they think that applies, and then you know look at the second, the second one, um, which is if there are some certain things that are on her property that are unique that would not be applicable to other properties in the general vicinity. Um, and then uh, the, the hardship if that was created by herself or anything that she did. Um, and then also the next one is if you were to grant the variance, would it have any adverse effects on the others? Um, around her adjacent, um, and then whether it would be an impairment at all to the public health, safety, general welfare, um, and pretty much, yeah, but pretty much it, and whether or not there's something less invasive, a, a variance that maybe is a little bit of a lesser um, than what she's asking for is, is possible in this case. So those are kind of all the factors that I would request that you look at and then um, make your decision. That's, um, but I appreciate that. That's what um, we were about to do um, with the fact of uh, when I was thinking about the shape in the actual part of the practical. So you had it. Well, it's really where what I was going to say is that there's still space in the back that is not the ordinance does not create a practical difficulty for this particular generator because from what I was saying in the picture on page 19 um, there is a side that doesn't look like it's a part of the common area right where the pavers are right at the edge of it I'm getting to that picture. If you're looking at the um, five feet, right? Yeah. yeah. Looks like you can go from that wall on out five feet. Yeah. And 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 then there's you know it meets the it meets the zoning requirement. Do you see what? Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, ma'am. Probably you can move it. I'm looking at this picture. You can move it to the right of the window, facing the window, and you probably not even have it five feet out. You can still maintain the five, the five feet from uh, the window. What, back behind the sunroom? Yeah, no. The red wall here is torn. It's from five feet out of the paper. On page 19, where the papers are in the corner. Here? Yes. No, on the paper, though. How would you put it on the paper? That's her patio. Yeah, right. but that doesn't cause, it's not, it does not go against our, our it's not giving her a practical difficulty that will go against the ordinance. Correct. Get on her patio is kind of a practical difficulty, isn't it? Well, no. But the difficulty, the difficulty is, is 
It's oh, an aesthetic consideration. Right. That's more of an aesthetic. It doesn't, right. she's not incapable of putting it there, I guess, is where, is where the distinction is versus right. a, could sit within five feet of it. Is that how it is because of the fumes? The, 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 the five foot from the, from the wall and the windows, that's, that is for the fumes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I, looking at the picture, let me make sure I'm, yeah. yeah. I feel that, that, you know, going through, I just caution you to, because once we want to be consistent in application for all. So if you're getting a generator here, that's going to go on the side there that you're setting a precedent. So I want to make sure that, you know, legally you have gone through, even though you might think aesthetically, that's not going to be this nice, you know, I totally understand that. Um, but that's not necessarily one of the legal requirements and you're going to many other people it potentially you know should so what that's why i was asking you to kind of go through and if you feel that the, that that the various um factors here that that can fit into it like in your opinion is that's fine just as long as you do apply the factors to your reasoning I did go out and visit Joan today and I wanted to see the site for myself. And I believe across the street from her, somebody does have a generator at the side of their house. Am I mistaken, Joan? I'm sorry? Do you have a neighbor with a generator on the side of their house? Yes. So somebody already heard it. So if you can give us the address, yeah. we'll see whether or not they went out for a uh, zoning Oh, yes, that will be, we'll figure that out, but that does not necessarily impact, it does not, because that, and I, just having seen the, the diagram for that condo development, there may be something about that particular property if they've received, if they received a variance, um, let's assume for the sake of argument that, that they have, there may be something um, about that property that is unique that would require that that, um, that that generator go on to the side yard um so those facts may not match up with miss price with those facts and circumstances of that property may not line up with the facts and circumstances of miss prices that's all not nice i i i respectfully disagree i'm talking about the physical uh attributes of the property that would that would impact 
underscore that you do not believe that her proposal and maybe the applicant can answer to that would be encroaching on the common area of the or is that still on yeah yeah um we believe that the placement of the uh, generator and its dimensions could fit in the area um and not encroach into the common area and on the side on the side yeah that's what i said too i measured it out so let's go through the um just so everyone that is listening to knows that when it comes to uh considering the variance request is that we go by these um i don't know how many numbers they are but there is actual standards that we do have to go through for considering the variance request first one is because of a particular physical surrounding shape or topogra topographical condition of the specific property involved uh, Particular. particular hardship <laughs> will result to the um, applicant if the strict letter of the regulations are carried out. Mere inconveniences or increased development costs shall not be deemed hardships under the terms of this provision. So does this particular where the generator, where they want to have the generator located, does it go against A? I feel that it does because it's, to me it seems more of an inconvenience or an inconvenience as opposed to a necessity. <coughs> I disagree. I think there's too many windows in the back. And no, but just just reading. I'm a, just saying. Just reading, reading a, a, not the, I, not our yeah. our opinion. Just reading the A portion yeah. of considering the variance request. But the, the, the regulation says that it's, it's considered safe at five feet. Five feet from the back, from the back of the house. Correct. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, so and I'm sorry, you want to chime in on the first one, Karen? Mm -hmm. Give me a second. Okay, yeah. then let's move on to B. The factual circumstances upon which an application for a deviation is based is based are unique to the property for which the deviation is sought and not applicable to the city generally or to other property within the same zoning classification. We don't have many properties in that same zoning. Well, we're also going to find out about the address. If you could drive over um, probably tomorrow or something to find out that address. Yes. About the other generator. Absolutely. The next one is any alleged practical difficulty or unnecessary hardship caused by this ordinance has not been created by any persons presently or previously having an interest in the property. That's the one I'm struggling with. I, and I would say that that's the one that um, I struggle with also only because there is no practical uh, difficulty or unnecessary hardship for not or for putting it on the back porch. Yeah, it's just an aesthetic, but it's not an actual hardship. Oh, I know, and I please understand. I understand that it might not visually be pleasing, but going yeah, no, for the ordinance. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just, I'm just saying where everyone else is. This sounds like okay, the proposed deviation will not adversely affect the purpose or objectives of this ordinance, nor impair the adequate supply of light and air to adjacent, prop adjacent property, nor increase the hazard from fire, flood, and other dangers of said property, nor diminish the marketable value of adjacent lands and buildings 
nor increase the congestion in public streets. E, the proposed deviation. Oh, I'm sorry, you're gonna say something? No, I was just saying, I don't think so. so. The proposed deviation will not otherwise impair the public health, safety, comfort, and general welfare. F, the benefit to the applicant will be real and substantial and any detriment to the neighboring property owners and occupants or the community at large is not substantial or is illusionary. I'm sorry. <laughs> Benefits and detriments shall be determined in relation to the factors which impair the value and use of properties as related in D and E. Yeah, there's a small problem with this one. Um, in that, you know, I, I do realize that the, the two neighbors have been consulted and don't have a, 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 a don't have an issue with it, but the you know the variance goes with the property and becomes permanent. So those neighbors may not be there in the future, and other neighbors may object. So I, I do have a small issue with that one. But the homeowners association approved it. But there, I mean, there still could be an issue though, and it's it's could be loud once you. That's probably typically why it should be in the backyard in the first place. Yeah, and, and the, on the one side, it's, on, it's not on the garage side. When you're facing the house to the left, it's on the resident side of the house, not the garage side. So there's no problem being there for that for that particular neighbor. So in the future, that could could go over an issue. Um, then the next one, the applicant is both willing and able to provide additional amenities beyond those minimally required by this ordinance and or restrict the use of the property beyond those we limitations. We have a time. Placed on the property by this ordinance so that the fair market value of neighboring properties will be enhanced beyond the values which would accrue to them if the property were developed and used in strict conformity with the ordinance. I don't think that one's applicable. In this case, really, I mean, I think it talks about things like screening, maybe add screening or something like that. Or, but. In H, the same or substantially similar request shall not have been presented to the council in the form of a petition for a zoning amendment and been expressly denied and rejected, excuse me, after a public hearing. And so that's where we would have to find out about the neighbor who has the generator. Correct. Well, that I think you can you know that there was not. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much a zoning amendment. I don't. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So you know, I'm I'm also um, I was thinking of the second part of it being expressly yeah. denied and rejected after mm -hmm. a public hearing, and that's more or less what I was thinking about rather than someone right. So they they may have tried for the variance, or that they may have just done it. Right. You know. So what happens if they just did it? All right. Well, if they did, they will be notified that they are in violation of the city's ordinance. They will be instructed to appear before the zoning board of appeals um, to request a variance. And if they're denied that variance, then they will be required to remove that generator. March 10th ad uh, paper, the ad said that the, um, 
public hearing was February 28th at 7 o'clock PM. Was that correct? Was that, was that, no, that was uh, that was the initial that was the initial uh, estimated date for when we were we were planning to do this. Uh, we did request more information from Ms. Price, and so that that was delayed. The correct public hearing um, was adjusted. The date was adjusted in the notice. In the newspaper? Yes. Uh, Madam Chair, uh, Madam, may I speak, please? Yeah, sure. I hope you can hear me. Uh, first of all, I think there was some comment made about the noise and the decibel rating for this particular in, um, generator is 65 and the minimum required, maximum rather is 70. So it's well below the maximum uh, noise that you all have established. And secondly, for me to put the, uh, the generator in the back of my house, it would have to be in the middle of my uh, patio area because it has to be at least five feet from a window. There are two windows in the back of my house. I can't get it right next to the windows because that's gonna cause a problem with carbon monoxide. The other, uh, then there's a sunroom there. So without, with me tearing up the uh, patio area, I suppose that still would cause a problem unless I bricked up the two windows in the back of my house because it can't has to be five feet from a window. There are two windows back there. So even the when the um, the young man came out to do the estimate, he walked around my house. And these are the people who install the generators. And it's been their experience that this is the only practical place that I can place it to ensure my safety. Thank you. Um, what we were talking about, um, according to the, the actual zoning, um, the actual uh, for the zoning ordinance, from what we see on the pictures that were provided, there is a space five feet away from your window on the pavers. That's just what I said. It'd have to be placed in the middle of the pavers. I'd have to tear the pavers out. And destroy the pavers. Of the patio or the pavers. Would that be a financial hardship to have to have that taken out? And I don't think it's purchased one of the practical difficulty standards. Oh, even if it's It would still might be a problem because of the two windows. There's a kitchen window and then there is a master bedroom window. Those two windows are on the back of my house. There's no space between those two windows to give us a five foot clearance on either side. And I'm sure when this house was constructed, there was no thought that one day a generator might need to be installed. I'm looking to install this for my health and my safety. I was out of power for six days back in August. Lost everything in my freezer, lost everything in my refrigerator. So, I mean, this is why I, I had not planned on buying a generator by any stretch of the imagination. But because of the situation back in August, maybe you all's homes were not impacted, mine was, our whole area was without power for six days. I don't want to have to walk around my house with a candle trying to see in the event of another 
blackout or another power outage. That is why I decided to look into getting a generator. Well, we fully, we fully understand that, um, Eric, but um, I understand um, what Ms. Price is saying, but again, putting it on the paper five feet away, that would also be where she could still have the generator and, you know, uh, and that would be within our ordinance, right? The five feet, yes, in the paper, yes, yeah, yeah. And then I think you were the one that said about the noise. If you want to clarify what you mean by that, oh, no need to clarify. No, she was saying that it's not loud, and I think you meant that it's not loud now, but we don't know if you sell the condo uh, later. On I mean, well, yeah, basically, what I said was, I mean, the residents pretty much playing off of Bruce if the residents. Doesn't have a problem with it now. I mean, if property is sold, the next neighbor could have an issue with it, regardless of the approved decibel. Someone could still have an issue with it. But it wouldn't be in violation of the ordinance. It would still be within violation of the ordinance if it's on the side of the house. That's I'm talking about the noise, Kelly. He was just talking about the noise. But yeah, he's talking about the noise that's on the side of the house. That's what just cleaning, you know, really give you some clarification. Is there any other discussions regarding this? Comments? Then I will adjourn the. Uh, nope, you need to eat. Right yeah, you. you I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm in my own yes, please make a motion to. Uh... If I may, too, I just have, and I might be jumping ahead of it, but we always recommend to that you make the motion in a positive. So even if you don't want to grant the variance, the motion is made in a to grant the variance, and then it's voting yes or no. So you can still make the motion even if you you aren't in favor of it, but it just helps to clear because sometimes you can it. it doesn't work out when you say I make a motion to deny right and it, it's just much more clear if you say I make a motion to approve and then we right. go with the vote. So I do have a question I'm wondering and I don't know if we can do this or not I'm thinking that maybe we should be putting this on hold to find out about the other generator. I would tell you that just from a legal perspective that as one of the um, factors that you want to look at would be never because this happens all the time. And it's very unfortunate, but we get that in a lot of communities where there's, but they have it, they have it, they have it, they have it. And we always say that is not, you cannot compare this. Each case is a standalone on its own. Okay, and I got you. So I you can't, you can't, you're not supposed to, from a legal perspective, consider what other people have or don't have. And then wouldn't yeah. it be on the, the onus of, uh, the homeowner, if she felt that you know the other one was right, well, she would have to say bring that to us as a as a, a right. A but it's, of the it's just not something that we're supposed right. to consider. Right. Okay, I just you know okay. Yeah. Right. So I'll, I'll make a motion to approve the um, uh, the the variance at uh, what's the address it's been moved to the second. Is there any additional um, comments? Hearing none. Roll call, please. Councilmember Miller. Yes. Mayor Garrett. 
going to say no. Councilmember Jennings? No. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? No. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Very interesting. And now the applicant, she can appeal to circuit court. Thank you. And I will take a motion to adjourn the uh, ZDA. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Second. We are adjourned. We will Thank you. re uh, join um, the, uh, the regular council meeting. I don't think we have to take roll call again. So she wants you want all the the minutes and all the dispersal reports removed and all of the the departmental reports. No, six A and six B. Disbursement reports and minutes. Oh sorry, yes. Okay. Right. There's a lot of interference and noise. Is there so a second? I'm sorry, this is Don Medley. I'm I'm watching, but but just so you all know that all the microphones are on for a lot of the people watching you. Thank you. Is there a second? Support. Okay, it's been moved and second. Is there any um, discussion before the one to hearing none? Rope call for accepting just the departmental reports. Mayor Beard? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Okay, so going back to. Um, yes, okay, so I, I pulled the um, study session minutes for February 28th, which is going to page 33. Um, there, there, were, there were a, a few. Uh, minor errors in here, but nothing, nothing substantive except for uh, I think what's on page 33. Uh, at the top, it says, um, in reference to the backfilling uh, for the, the underbuilt one and a half inch water customers, it says um, uh, a maximum of, of two years if the uh, amount is over 2,000, three years if the amount is over 3,000. That 3,000 number should have been 2,000. So if it's, if it's under $2,000, they have two years to pay for it. If it's over $2,000, they have uh, three years to pay for it. So uh, that just needs to be added. Do you want that? That's all I have. Thank you, Karen. I just wanted to move it to our next meeting to approve these because there were um, there were there were some things. I, I understand they were redone and we didn't have the opportunity to look at them. So. Okay, if we can move the minute to the next. Yes. 
the minutes need to be by law approved um, at the next meeting. At to which after so this public meeting they have to be approved. Okay, I don't think that's been happening, but um Yeah, if there, if there are corrections that need to be made, then yeah, they're, they're, we just need to go through them and oh, take care of it. You know, I mean, if they're def definitely, you know, if you want to get this cleared up, and it is at this meeting that it needs to be done by law. Well, some of these are February 7th, February. It's just that one. So on February 24th, we were at, do you want to make the corrections? Do you want to go through the corrections? I thought that they could be pulled. I didn't know. I, I mean, it's multiple. Is that the same for um, the disbursement reports also? Errors? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. So you want to go through those two or you don't want to go through them? We're not on the disbursement I'm not asking for no, one. We'll go, no, we don't want to. Okay, so for A, we need to make a motion for accepting the um, minutes. If you're not going to correct them. Yeah, I'm going to make a motion to approve uh, the minutes from the January 31st, February 7th, February 24th, February 28th. Need a second. 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 It's been moved and second. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? No. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Motion carried to accept the minutes as corrected. Thank you. Um, okay, so hearing now the disbursement reports. Um, let's have some questions. I question or some uh, rip, deposit refunds for the committee room. Is there? Um, Can you give us the page number, please? Yes, page thirty-eight. Um, is there a are there different rates for commercial? How how does this work? Um, is that that was an event that was on the sixth of February, and I believe it was a pop-up event and um, with multiple vendors or whatever. Is that treated as if it's an individual or is there a commercial rate for renting renting a room? No, they well for they all have a deposit of three hundred dollars okay. and they get the three hundred dollars back if there's no damage to the room or anything like that. And then it's per hour. If they're a non-resident, it's so much if they're a resident so much. There is no commercial no rate. Commercial rate. No, there is not. Okay. I'd like to check into that. Um, all right, then um there was a refund, uh, same page, a refund from council dinner, $96.18. What, where are the meals, uh, what what account are meals billed against and where is that in the budget? The council meals are um, in the general government operating budget. It's the, um, what is it? Um, government services. It's the 101 account, which is government operations. And um, the meal you're talking about. Um, 
support? It was because um, at that time, the uh, city credit card was not working. So I gave my personal credit card to that for the dinner. Okay, so the, the meals are normally put on the credit card and then they're, they're just put in go government operations. Government operations. Yes. There isn't a separate uh, budget for meals or anything? Like no, that. there is not. Um, perhaps page 39, 3960 on the, card, on the credit card, perhaps that would be for meals up at the top for a section on the government services. Miscellaneous expenditures, is that where it would be marked? So the top of the and uh, the 30, page 39. Yeah. Carbon That. No, that is probably um, January 2022 statement. I would have to look at that. Okay. But that could be, um, oh, I know what that is. That's for the um, COVID tests that were purchased prior to the, the government giving them away for free. When nobody could get um, COVID tests, the city or the managers decided to um, get COVID tests because we had it, um, it come through that we could purchase them as a city. So we purchased them so that, and now the government's giving them away for free. So. And that's what the sign up is that you're selling tests for $20? Correct. Have, have, there, have there been any sales or do you have a larger inventory? We've sold some, um, but we do have quite a few stuff. Okay. Okay, uh, next section, building and grounds, we have uh, the cone ink repair of the elevator. Um, was that part of the ARP fund or is this something in addition? Didn't we just have that redone? Or? We have not had the repair of the elevator done yet. This okay. is just a minor maintenance that they had to do at okay. the time. Okay. Um, page 40. Bowman Chevrolet vehicle repair, $3,081.78. Yes, we blew an engine on a Tahoe. Um, unfortunately, it was a repair. We had for uh, less than 100 miles. It broke down again, and we are now told that the engine is totaled, uh, and there is no sight of having an engine to replace it because of the shortages. We've looked into, we've already got two Tahoes marked for July 1. We're hoping that it gets approved in this year's budget. However, those towels have not hit the ground yet. So right now we are down to three operating scale cars. Uh, then also in that same section, there's a deductible payment for a vehicle crash of $1,000. What is? <clears throat> that was an officer that was involved in a car accident. Okay. We paid that to the um, victim or person she was involved in the accident with. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, under leaf collection, Sakra, there's a special waste for January 2022 for 245.07. Is that our Christmas trees? No, that's our roll off that we have at the DPS department. Oh, okay. We have a roll off there. Okay. Okay. And then. Um, Okay, 
my other questions were about the AT&T lease payments and the Metro PCS. And we got all of that answered. So that's it. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Oh, no, nope, I do. Well, Scott's not here. I'll, I'll say this one. We did um, a motion for the disbursement reports. So I'm going to a second. And move to the second. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Motion approved to. Thank you. Next, we'll have public comment for items on the agenda. Speakers are limited to three minutes. This is where the public can uh, express um, what they want to on for the items that's on the agenda. However, it's not a, a dialogue between the council and um, the public. If uh, a council person wants to address it, they will address it during the mayor and council comments portion. Do we have anyone that wants to speak? I think there is someone that's sitting in another room. I'm not seeing anyone online right now. Okay. Come on in. Hi. Hello. I would like to speak on the code enforcement issue um, because last month when I did. Can you speak into the mic? Can you speak right into the mic? Sorry. Yes. Thank you. Perfect. Um, last, I'm here to speak regarding the code enforcement. And last month, when I uh, reported um, that Rami spoke to me when he didn't, um, I understand now that the chief is in charge of checking on Rami because there's been a lot of complaints. And so um, unfortunately, as soon as I hung up from the chief, um, Rami came to my door and stood probably 20 feet away and with the mask on and said he did not speak to me and he kind of apologized for it. And then he got in his car and drove maybe a foot, got out of his car, came up to me and said, is this your driveway? And I'm the only house facing Bloomfield where I live. And I thought maybe um, he has a communication problem or understanding like the residents and their homes because he asked me if that was my um, trailer in the in the driveway and I said no it's not mine it's my son's and he said do you have a permit I said no and he told me I had a week to move it and um, I said well I'm hoping to and I know I will because I know it's not allowed to leave your RVs in such part and four days later he put um, the notice on my door and he said must remove trailer on three 322 Thursday. You told me the trailer would be gone by the weekend. And I have it on tape, him speaking to me that he said he'd give me a week. And so I'm thinking um, he has a 
either a problem with me or communication. Why did he say I have a week and then try and give me the notice and say, you know, he talked to me and I had a week and he took a picture of it. But I was a little miffed that he started out the conversation asking me if that was my driveway. And I wish I would have said no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to complain because I don't feel it was right that he um, did that and appeared to my door four days later and tried to give me the notice. So um, I just wanted to mention that on the record. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure the chief is making uh, notes about it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Are there any other um, public comments? Yeah. There's other individuals that want to address the council, but not for items that are on the agenda. Okay. There's no one else online. Okay, so let's go on to our action request. Um, action, first one, four. It's the 2022, 2022 curd in place pipe sewer rehabilitation project. Oh, this one's here. Cured in place pipes. So uh, we've been going out to bid for lots of things these days. Um, we have two bigger bid recommendations. So last week uh, we had two bids come in, um, one for the cured in place pipe sewer rehabilitation uh, project. Um, and Scott can tell you more about that fabulous product. Yeah, so the, uh, some point in February, I think I did a quick presentation on, on the sanitary sewer uh, report and uh, went out to bid on a little over 11,000 linear feet, which is about two miles of uh, we call cured in place pipe, which is trenchless technology, uh, where they'll be relining existing sewer pipes. Uh, it's a 50 year design life. Uh, it's a felt pipe fabric that goes into the sewers, with, uh, impregnated with resins. And then that is, is heated up. So then resins hard and it's like a, you know, a quarter inch to a half inch plastic pipe that's inside the old sewer, which is considered the host pipe. So uh, we got three bids. You got to speak into the mic. I thought it was close. Uh, eat it. You got to eat the mic. <laughs> we did receive three bids. Uh, they were a little higher than our estimate, not too bad. Uh, the low bid was submitted by DVM Utilities. Uh, the cost was $664,113. Uh, the next low bid was Inland Waters Pollution Control at $680,377.50. Uh, uh, our recommendation is to award the contract to uh, DVM Utilities. I had a quick question. So um, I know you want to recommend DVM. I was curious why you did not, um, in your recommendation, at least state why you did not go with the other one. I'm pretty sure I know why, but I was curious why you. Uh, their references checked out. They, they have history of doing cured in place pipe and they were the low bidder. Okay. Okay. I have a lot of respect for the bidding process and unless you can really disqualify somebody, I mean, we usually recommend the low bidder. No, no, I, I know that. I was just curious why you didn't like put a sentence in there like they have, the lesser of the good recommendations or something like that. Just, that was my answer. That was my question. 
Any other um, questions? Hearing none, um, need to. I'll, I'll, I'll make a motion to approve the uh, 2022 curve in, in place type, uh, rehabilitation project with um, uh, DBM utilities uh, for an amount of $664,113. Second. It's been moved in second. Is there any discussion? Yeah, just uh, the one thing I would, would indicate is the first time. How many times do I get before you hit me? This is uh, the, the, the cost of this is under the capital improvement bond. Um, so we had estimated just under a half a million dollars for this. Um, it was kind of a blind estimate because we weren't sure what we were going to see um, from the televising. Um, project that took place last summer. So we, we estimated a half a million dollars. It's a little bit more than that. Um, but as I noted, I think last week or the one of the, one of the recent couple of meetings, we are about one and a half million dollars uh, under budget in our capital improvement bond. Um, and that doesn't include a, a, about $100,000 left on a grant. So we'll actually be a little bit more than that. Under budget, so thank you. Any other discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Councilmember Kanez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Next up, um, 2022 sewer cleaning and televising program. All right. This was the uh, second bid that we had uh, from last week. Uh, this is to clean and televise the storm sewer. Uh, we did receive two bids for that for that project. Uh, the low bid uh, was in the amount of $116,468 and was submitted by Pipe Tech Infrastructure Services. Uh, we are, the second bid was uh, DVM Utilities and theirs was just about twice that at $382,562.50. Uh, we are recommending we award the contract to Pipe Tech Infrastructure Services. Thanks. I was trying to learn from the back. Someone wants to make a motion. I move to approve the sewer storm sewer cleaning and television. Pipe Tech. This has been moved and second. Is there any discussion? This one, this one was covered by the cost was covered by a state grant that we were awarded recently, six hundred thousand dollars, and uh, we are looking into uh, determining whether or not the remaining roughly eighty-four thousand dollars, whether or not that can be used for other storm sewer related. Uh, yeah. and I, it was less than eighty-four because there, you know, we added some consultancy yeah. in there and some engineering and yeah. and a little bit of work from DPW if needed. So. Yeah. Uh, I think twenty five thousand might be a better. The math is off. But, yeah. but, but the, <laughs> the point is, it's coming from the state grant, and we're going to look to see that we can yeah. use all of the money from the state grant. Do you have a question? Um, so, would is it possible that the sewer cleaning and televising program will then lead to more work of the cured in place pipe sewer rehab? Yeah, I would say very possible. So once we get all these videos, we'll assess them again, put together basically the same type of report we did for the sanitary sewer with any type of repair recommendations. Uh, these storm sewers haven't been uh, televised since 
mid to late 1990s. Uh, it's been a long time since the city's looked at these. And I, and I believe back then the DPW did that project. Are there discussions? Hearing none, roll call, please. Council Member Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Mayor Potem Cantor? Yes. Council Member Jennings? Yes. Council Member Kinez? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, as stated at the beginning of the uh, meeting, when we were uh, accepting the agenda, we are clicking C, action item C off. So we'll be going down to the water billing adjustment request. Yes, Mayor and Council. I think the resident is on the Zoom, but I'm not sure how to put her on, and Susie will be right back. Okay. <laughs> but I can explain to you. Um, the resident at 27306 Golden Gate sent um, the council members all an email asking for her account to have a reduction in her water billing. Uh, she has been getting estimated water and sewer bills since August of 2019. And um, after the city went out to repair the meters, she had a catch up um, of 84 units that were used after we went out to um, do it that or to repair the meter. There was 84 units that were unbilled usage. And the resident um, doesn't agree with that. And she would like council to make an adjustment to her utility billing and taking those units off her bill. And let me see if I can. Oh. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if she looks at. Maybe she's in the other room. Is Miss White here? Um, no, we can go. She's on the other one. Which one? Miss White. Miss White. Here's her. What's her first name? I did invite her to the meeting tonight if she wanted to speak on her behalf. Okay, so while we're trying to find her, I do have um, a quick question. Is that um, you were saying that one, it was estimated after we went to do the actuals, we found that she was not billed 84 units and that's where the bill is coming from. Correct, after they did a um, read off the meter and from what her bill was before it was estimated to what it is now. There were 84 units that were on there. Okay. She is, uh, it does not seem as if Miss White is either in the building or online. Okay. Oh, I need someone to make a uh, motion to approve or deny the adjustment. What is the adjustment amount? $1,100 or something like that. Can you give us the exact amount, please? I don't have it on here. I thought it was, it was like 14 I think. Yeah, I thought it was close to $1,500. Yeah. Check. What was her estimated bill overall? Which was? What was she paying for most? 
four units. But then it was up to 10 units. Right? And then it got up to 10 because, well, the last probably three or four billings, it got up to 10 because they, our um, phones were not being, or our letters were not being answered. So then when our letters are not answered, we will increase people's usage to, to get their attention to get a hold of us. I'm just concerned because she said two people in the county and I don't use 10 units. No. Well, that's because that was put on there as 10 to get her attention. It wasn't oh, real. Monthly ones no, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't real. It was to get her to get her attention so that we could fix her. And she came in to pay on her water bill and um, our front counter or person or um, our water billing clerk told her that she had used a whole a lot of usage and that her bill was being estimated and that we needed to get in and fix that meter. And that's why the meter got fixed. Is that also the person that told her she needed to write to city council? I told her that because I told her that I could not adjust the bill, that the only one that could adjust the bill would be city council. Okay. So, Susie, I think it's a Galaxy 521. So I did tell her that um, she should write to council. Okay. Yeah, Miss White is, is having an issue getting online. I'm not sure if that's her or not, but her neighbor is here and she said she's familiar with the situation. Uh, Miss Barron, I don't know if the council wants to speak to her. Okay, just give me one, uh, one second. The original balance she said is $405. And that her current bill is seventeen oh two and forty five cents, and so she wants it to be um, back to the four hundred. And she wants it to be back to the so that would take five. So, so it's going to be thirteen unless someone has a calculator. It'll be a little. That would be taking the whole eighty four units away because okay. that would be her what her last bill was. Okay. Prior to the four hundred, like. What has she been paying in an estimated per month all these years? Four units. Um, the oh, so 10 units just went up. Yeah, it's been minimal bills, but people's bills fluctuate. They might be four, but they could be seven. They just, they do a fluctuate depending on, and with the 84 units, we don't know if she had a leak any time during that time that wasn't caught because of an estimated bill. What's the average for a two-person household? You I can't say. Four units? That's just the... Base. That's the minimum. That's, the minimum. That's a minimum bill. Zero to four is a minimum bill. So a lot of people have that, but there are people that have two in a house will use five or six units. So it just depends on how much laundry they do, um, washing, if they have any leaky toilets or faucets or anything like that. So we do need to make a motion before, so we continue on with the discussion. The motion needs to be made first. I'll make a motion to approve the uh, the reduction, of, uh, the complete reduction. If I may, I, I do believe that this um, individual with their hand raised may be as white. Sounds good. Sure. Yes. Okay. Um. It needs a second. Second. Okay. So now we can go ahead with the discussion. Well, so the meter was repaired. What? What was wrong with the meter? Is it something? Most know? of the meters, when they're estimated, they have to be rewired or they have to have a new meter head put on. Not a whole meter, yeah. just the head put on. Hello? Hello, is this Miss White? Hello, yes. Yes, okay, Miss White. Did, was there anything that you wanted no, I just wanted you know, her to be able to okay. see if anyone else had any questions for. She wants to address council. 
if you wanted to address council. Uh, yes, I would like to. Um, I apologize. I've had a hard time signing in and getting uh, this phone to unmute. I, I, I thought I was doing it the right way, but it was giving me, I was having a little struggle here. So my apologies. Um, no yes, um, on, on my behalf, I, um, yes, I did um, get my uh, meter uh, rewired because I was advised to do so because um, there was a, uh, there, I was told that my, I was being uh, charged for, for a, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was being charged as, uh, you know, an estimated uh, meter reading and which I, I had no idea, you know, in 2019, I had no idea that I was being charged for an estimated bill. So anything that I owed back in 2019, I've actually paid when I when they sent my bill, I paid it. And and you know, you know, within that, you know, that year my you know, my bill was paid in full. So um for me to be charged an estimated, you know, back pay of an estimated bill, I just don't understand how am I responsible for that. And I don't feel like I should be responsible for it. Thank you. Um, Pam, I do have a question. What's on average? How many, on average, do the majority of the residents get an estimated bill first? I mean, you get what I'm saying? Is this, is this an anomaly, I guess I'm asking? I guess when I'm... you do estimate bills versus the actual readings? We do we do actual readings. We go around do actual readings, and then we have an abnormal usage report that we get we print out. And on that abnormal usage report, if we don't have a number that has read, the guys will go to the house, manually read it from the outside. But if we can't get a read off of that when they go manually to read it, then we know that it's either a rewiring or a meter problem. And we send out letters to them. And if we can't, if the letters are answered, then we will up the usage. If they're getting four units, we'll up it to 10 units just to get their attention. And that's how most of the time we get people. And we have been getting a lot of people coming in with the estimates. We've also changed our policy um, now that anybody that's selling their house, we will not do a final read until we get in there to fix the meter. So, so um, we did send a letter out. Yes. Um, Send a letter out. Okay, and then also, if this is not approved, payment should be put on a payment plan. Yes. Okay. Anybody can pay at any time. It would just be that um, I would recommend that council would remove the penalty then okay. if you want to put her on a payment plan. What's you know penalty on top of your It's per every read. It's ten okay. percent. Okay. But it's not a, a multiple. So it's been estimated since 2019, and it, it, there was no manual read done on it. They, they go out every time and do manual reads, but if they can't get a read on it, that's when the letters start going out in that. Why can't they get a read? Because either the um, outside, the outside through um, radio read is not wired inside or the meter itself is not wired. Do we do any kind of investigative work on that? If it repeatedly we try to get in the house to do it but if people, there's a lot of people during covid that would not even let us in the house okay. and so we've been having 
a really hard time with the COVID that people, and we still have now, now we still have people that will not let us in the house still because of COVID. Okay. And then how was the, how was it figured out how much she used and what it billed for? What was per the, when the actual read, when they, the last actual read we had to what the read is now. And when the guys go in to fix the meter, they read the meter right off the meter head. They take those numbers and they bring them to us and we put them in with the work order and into the system. Okay. Yeah, and then so whatever she's paid is, was taken off of all of that, applied towards it. She is, that's her current bill. This is her current bill. So she has not paid her current bill as of yet, but all her past bills have been paid, yes. Estimated bills were paid. Right. Right, but that this 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 was on top of everything that she had been billed for. This was correct. Okay, and so that would be about eighty four units. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I think it sounds like at least from the applicant the applicant's um, explanation that there, there's some misconception in that it, it's it's not that we're estimating eighty four units. The eighty four units is, is water that was actually used. It was the estimates that were taking place. For what almost two years because right. we couldn't get a reading from your house. So because we didn't get a reading, we had to bill you. And so they billed you four units, four units, four units, and eventually jumped it up to 10 units to try to get, get their attention. Um, and while I, I totally feel for the, the resident, because I was in the same, had the same situation this summer where I had four reads. Um, where, where, where I had where I had four. Four estimated reads in a row, and uh, once once they were finally able to get a read off my meter, we owed two hundred and ninety dollars on top of our our normal bill. So, um, yeah, it was it was an unplanned expense, definitely. Uh, but we actually did use that water. In this case, the eighty-four units um, you actually did use. So, personally, and I don't know how the other council members feel, I have a hard time getting a, a a credit or a discount because that credit or discount then gets borne by all the other residents. So all the other residents in the in the city are essentially paying for the 84 units of water that they use with that health Did you give her the lowest rate for that time? Like we're doing with the underbilling? No, we did not. And then I can refigure it that if that's what council wants. You gave her the, the billing. I mean, it just it was right the eighty four that was billed. Eighty four at today's. At today's rate. Yeah, today's rate. Uh, I agree. I don't think that is. We, we can refigure can, it. I mean, that's least, just what went out. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, as courtesy, even though the fact is that we did send letters out, um, you can recalculate it. At the lowest rate. Okay. I think that that I know that I think that might be a fair um, situation, but I also am a little fearful of it because now you're setting precedents about this too. Right, and and the resident was sent letters and the you know the, the estimated amount was multiplied by two and a half times. I mean, I guess. Yeah. How long has she been receiving letters? So she's been receiving the letters since 2019. I'm not sure how long because I don't know when Aaron sent them out or like last billing person sent them out. I know when I took over in February, they started being sent out at that time, and my um, new water billing clerk is sending them out regularly. Okay. Okay, so it is 
What did you say? Nothing. I was just wondering if she was still on or how many letters she had gotten or that's in our yeah. files or whatever. Miss White appears to have her hand up. Okay, I, I'm here now. Hello. Yes. Hello, Miss White. Did you did you have something that you would like to uh, speak to council about or add yes. to their discussion? Yes. Um, I believe she mentioned something about 84 units, but I was told 89 units. So I don't know. You know, it's just a you know a few. A, few, uh, a, a small difference in the amount that she's saying, but um, as far as the letters that uh, she's saying that went out, um, I haven't been receiving any letters. Just, I mean, I mean, I've been receiving things from the city as far as my uh, the insurance uh, that um, was uh, provided for us to, if we wanted to uh, get involved in getting some insurance for our uh, sewer maintenance or something like that, but I haven't received anything as far as uh, receiving anything as far as a estimated water bill. I mean, and this was like back in 2019, so I haven't re received anything concerning, concerning that. It wasn't until I went into the water company to pay my bill. And that's when I was told that I needed to actually uh, schedule for someone to come out because I was, you know, being charged for an estimated water bill. So I was thinking that the estimated water bill was current, like I was still being charged an estimated water bill. But then as, as I investigated a little bit more and, and asked questions, I was told that this was due to a uh, back uh, pay, a payment from 2019 that was uh, un, un, unestimated. So I, I just don't understand why should I be charged for Un, uh, an estimated water bill back in 2019. I just don't, I just don't um, understand it. Thank you. Um, I think that what we'll do is just, I mean, my thoughts are, and maybe we have to do a new um, motion just to adjust to the lower rate um, because the 84 units were used, right? Right. Okay. Can so, make, so, can I make an alternate suggestion? Um, sure. Why, I mean, the, why don't we take the 84 units and split them with half of them on this year's rate and half of them on last year's rate? Because this is used over a two year period. So essentially, what we're doing is taking all those units and applying them at the, at the lower rate. And again, uh, you know, she didn't use the water, but that's still a discount. That's what's happening with the back building, right? So, back building. Uh, back, well, it is because we still have a live motion going off of this one right now. So, we need to um, redo the motion or just vote this one down or yeah, whoever made the motion. He, he can amend it. Okay. All right. So, I'll amend my motion to, to um, um, so I'll, I'll amend my motion to uh, approve billing the 84 uh, owed units. At a split rate with half of the units being charged at last year's water rate and the other half of the units being charged at this year's rate. We need a second. We have to add a payment plan or that she can just do that automatically. She'll just give us on it. But the, uh, and if you want to waive the penalty, that we should add that. If you want to waive the penalty. And, and I'll, I'll add to my motion waiving the penalty. Okay. 
Second. Is there any further discussion on it? Hearing none, roll call, please. Council Member Kanaz? Yes. Council Member Miller? No. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Council Member Jennings? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Can I make a request? Um, while we get down to the um, council comments. So next on the uh, action request will be the Planning Commission appointments. Yes, thank you, Mayor and Council. Uh, we had a resignation at the beginning of the year um, from our Planning Commission. Um, Commissioner Dillard Roussard, um, unfortunately, had to resign because she moved from our wonderful community to another wonderful community. And uh, so that leaves us with a vacancy. Uh, it was posted on the city's website. Um, it was announced in Planning Commission. Uh, I believe I had it in the e-newsletter. Um, but we have uh, received two applications uh, from individuals interested in serving on the Planning Commission, Mark Fizik and uh, Bo Tamarelli. Uh, and uh, they would be completing uh, Commissioner Dillard Roussa's uh, term, which would end on August 31st of 2024. It is the recommendation of the mayor confirmation by council. Thank you. Um, it's my recommendation to appoint um, Robert Cam Camarelli. Commission, which according to the Board of Elections must be filled by April 4th, correct? Um, this, uh, the city's election commission is comprised of the city attorney, a council person, and the city clerk. Did I miss anything? All right. So um, again, 
similarly to planning commission, this is a mayoral appointment with confirmation by the rest of council, but it does have to be a council person. Um, I recommend Jalen Green to serve on the Lakewood Village Elections Commission. Need a second. I'll second it. Any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? <laughs> Councilmember Kinez? No. Councilmember Miller? No. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Next, the city administrator report. Uh, for the benefit of uh, our listening audience. Hold on, I needed to add one more to our listening audience. Um, I wanted to just uh, briefly go over the uh, sidewalk replacement program updates that I gave you all in the study session. There have been a lot of residents that have noticed uh, a lot of hot pink marks on the sidewalks. Um, and so there were questions about who, who is conducting these inspections, what's the criteria, why are so many blocks being marked, and um, you know, how much is this going to cost? Is there going to be an opportunity? And the answer is, I have so much information. So uh, these, are, these inspections are being handled by Giffels Webster engineers. Uh, we, the city has uh, two assigned engineering consultants, uh, Scott Ringler and Andy Casper. Uh, they both walk those en engineers that are um, doing the markings, the field markings. Uh, Scott and Andy both uh, walked with those individuals to make sure that they understood the city's ordinance and the marking criteria um, before, before they got out there. Um, the city's Chapter uh, 62, Article 11, Sidewalk Construction, Repair, and Maintenance. Uh, that section of the ordinance is what guides our uh, sidewalk replacement program overall. It outlines uh, what is responsible, uh, what, what is the resident's responsibility, um, what is deemed uh, non-compliant work, what are the remedies, um, uh, standards, et cetera. So that's the guiding uh, framework for this, the program. The city also has a sidewalk marking key um, that, and, which is online right now. Um, and that has the, the letters and what those letters stand for. So if you see a uh, letter A, that is for a stubber. Um, they don't all line up with their ABs, but, but that's a stubber. Those are the trip hazards. Um, there's generally two ways to remedy that. Um, either removal, depending on how large um, how large that stubber is, or um, in some cases, um, if it's relatively uh, minor, it can be it can be ground down. Um, you know, B is for broken. Um, there's other uh, scaling, uh, pitting, other defect, uh, defects that are included with that within that uh, sidewalk marking criteria. Uh, yes, a lot were marked. Um, they were using that that criteria, those that that key in the ordinances. There is how they were uh, going through to mark. A second walkthrough was done um, to confirm those quantities. There was there will be there residents will see uh, a reduction in what's been um, 
in mark marked on their properties and yes the uh the markings will wash away after a few more heavy rains so i'm sure we'll get that in the next month and a half um so there is uh, the the prices per square foot um generally a sidewalk is about 25 square feet your normal sidewalk that crosses your front yard those are about five dollars 77 cents a square foot and comes out to about $185 and change. Um, I am expecting that uh, all this information, all these quantities will be finalized um, and we'll get letters out to residents in the next couple of weeks, early April. Um, they will have an opportunity to either do the work, them, pull a permit, do the work themselves or participate in the city's program. Uh, the letters that they will get will, I know it's really hot, sorry. The letters they will get will uh, include a detailed outline of the program, an estimate of their response, of the costs that residents are responsible for, the sidewalk marking key, um, as well as payment plan options. Um, additionally, um, and also all this information will be mailed to them. This will also be updated on the city's website. Uh, there will be a very large section in the upcoming edition of Your Town, which will be going out um, in the next week. And then um, we will continue our practice from last year of including weekly updates in the e-newsletter. Um, so I encourage all residents to uh, sign up for those. We give an update of what what happened in the week and then what to expect for the next week. So um, that is a great way to, to get the most current information. So um, uh, as well, there is some work, uh, some punch list item work that is uh, still remaining for year one project that is prioritized for this year and will begin as soon as the frost laws allow. Um, so that's the sidewalk. And then I did wanna mention um, since we have talked water loss, I do want to let you all know that we have um, city administrators have uh, engaged with OHM advisors. Uh, they are a water loss expert. We were working with the American Water Works Association to really continue to dive into what the heck is going on with our water loss. Um, so uh, a few of us met with, with OHM, um, is Bruce, uh, Bo, Tamarelli, uh, Scott Ringler, myself, and Pam. And uh, we met with them and they have some really good ideas of, of, of where we can start. And I, um, I know, Bruce, did you wanna add? All right, you can add about that. So um, I, I think this is just one more step that we can check off of like, yes, we are continuing to do our due diligence. Uh, we already have some things to look into, um, including you know, maybe there's some other, um, other open valves. So we're, we're exploring all options. And that is all that I have. You do? I just have one, well, I actually have two things. Um, because there's been so much questions about the water bills and that, anybody that has behind your number an E on the water bill, that means you're getting an estimated water bill and you should be contacting the city. If it has an A, that means you have an actual read. So we're trying to wrap up those E's so that we don't have those anymore. So we would really like anybody that has an estimated bill to contact the water department. 
the other thing is we do have a new employee at City Hall. Um, it's our administrative assistant who is also known as our front counter person. Her name is Jacqueline Dodd. And she is um, started last Monday. So she's been here one week. So that's it for me. Um, city attorney, uh, no comments at this time. Mayor, if I could say. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Sarah. No. I'm sorry. Um, we have selected a company to do photographs of the council and the rest of the city employees. Okay. So I'd like to kind of figure out how you would like us to proceed, obviously, with getting the council uh, photographed. We'd like to do that right away. I don't know if it's something you want to do before a council meeting. I know that might be a hardship for folks at work. Um, after, if we're going to be this late, that might be an issue as well. So if you can kind of give me some direction and maybe some dates uh, of when you'd like to do this, I, I can try to get it set up. Before a council meeting probably would be the easiest to do. I agree. Or between, like today we had a gap of time. Yeah, we might never know when we're going to sure. have that gap. Either before a council meeting or send out a doodle poll. No worries, I got you covered on the doodle poll. All right, we'll get work on that. So. <laughs> Well, any attorneys still in the comments? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, reports and boards, commission and commission. Yeah, I've got unfortunately we got a lot of stuff. Um, all right, so let's let's talk infrastructure first. Um, so uh, again, uh, construction season starts on April 18th. Um, as residents, tentatively, tentatively, weather dependent. Um, but as, as residents have probably surmised by now, there is a, a lot of construction that's going to be going on roads, water mains, sidewalks, and as well as many other, other projects. Um, information, detailed information on, on, on all the projects can be found on the, on the city website, um, on the upcoming Our Town Magazine, and then in e-newsletters. And I think it's really important that if you haven't uh, already subscribed to the e-newsletters, you know, contact uh, the front desk of City Hall and they can, they can get you uh, signed up, uh, especially considering we learned in the census that 99.2%, I think, of the residents of Lathrop have access to email. So this is a great way uh, to stay informed of what's going on. And then most importantly, targeted communications um, mm -hmm. are going out to the people who are directly affected. So uh, people who whose roads are being redone, the sidewalk work is getting done, as well as you know culverts and so forth. And those will have very detailed instructions on things that you'll need to know, like where to park, you know, when, you're, when your road is, is being done, um, how do I deal with my crash? How do I deal with mail and so forth? Um, the other thing um, that I wanted to mention uh, infrastructure is that um, one of the things that we need to do under the capital improvement bond is, is to uh, get in everybody's home to look at the material that, um, uh, the waterline material that comes into the water meter. We've been asking people to um, do the self-identification to help minimize the numbers. If you haven't had a to that we knew that going in and that we were going to have to go into people's homes and so we're beginning to look into that project as well and one of the things that that uh, we began talking about this week was combining that with a, with a meter audit as well to help the accuracy of our billing so getting the actual reads off of the meters the meter numbers um, in the case of businesses you know making sure that the bypass tag um, is, is still intact and that they haven't been bypassing their, their water um, and then most importantly, going back to what we had a long discussion about today, um, we do have a lot of people who get estimated bills. Um, and despite, again, what we saw, despite the letters and despite the um, increase of the estimated bill to get people's attention, people still ignore them. 
Um, and so one of the things that we'll, we can also do by combining these two um, uh, aspects together, I guess, is, is to also verify that the meters, the, the, the radios are working and those radios that aren't working, they're in the home, they can fix them at that point. So it can really help um, with a lot of the billing issues that we have. So we're, we're looking into that right now, um, trying to get to that space. Um, that kind of leads into uh, water loss. And again, as, as Susie indicated, we began meeting with, with OHM. Um, they came to us through the American Water Source Association that we talked to, and that's, for people who don't know, that's the premier uh, trade group for the water utilities. Um, and so they recommended OHM to us. Uh, we had the first meeting and, and the goal of, of, of um, this uh, kind of small consulting project, if you want to call it that, is if they will eventually give us a, a, a deliverable that kind of talks about um, avenues that we can take to continue searching for our, our water loss uh, issue. Um, they have taken uh, all the information that we've done and all the things that we've done to try to track down the problem. Um, they're also going to get data from, uh, you know, W, I can't remember the name of the data, but they basically copious amounts of water data yes. um, to, to begin doing some trend analyses and comparing us to other, other communities. Um, but even that's still, even at our first meeting, we did come up with um, some potential things that I think it's important for council as well as the residents to, to know we are working on this. Um, one one possibility that they talked about was um, we're a, in the overall scheme of things, we're a small community, so we don't have a tremendous flow to our meter. And one of the things that they've seen in the past is if the if the, the source meter, which is provided to us by SAPWA, where all the water comes into the city is metered, if that meter is oversized for the, for the flow, um, it can erroneously read high. And if it's a, a, erroneously read high, and if it's reading high, that means we're getting bills from SACO for a lot of water that we're not using. So that's one of the things that we'll be we'll be checking into. Um, the other thing that we talked about was um, you know, we were completely surrounded by Southfield, and Southfield does a lot of works projects, and you know, there could be a possibility that they accidentally tapped it, tapped into one of our one of our water mains. And so now we've got all this this usage. So one of the things that we've been talking about is projects that have taken place, especially in the 2017 when the waters when our water use spiked. Uh, and then stayed at the, at the higher level. And then the other thing that, that is just absolutely fascinating. Oh, yeah, this is um, cool. Just blows my mind, but uh, you got to love technology. So um, the GLWA, the Great Lakes Water Association, is doing a pilot program where they do satellite imaging to look for water loss. Um, and they were looking for volunteer communities. And so we've written a letter to them volunteering and explaining our water loss issue. And we think that'll make us a, a candidate. What it does. That they basically take satellite images of of the city, and I don't know how they do this. I'm guessing it's probably just spect spectroscopy, but they look for chlorine in the water, and if they see chlorine, then they know it's coming from a fresh water source, from a, a water main. So, for example, if we've got a water main that's broken into a culvert, and all that water is going into the culvert, or and we don't know about it, they'll see the chlorine, and that gives us a way of, of tracking it down. So it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, they they told us an example of like uh, they had found a water a water main break in a swamp, right? Like it was the 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 water line went through the swamp, and so they didn't think to look there. But with this aerial imagery, they could see the chlorine all through the swamp. I mean, it's just. Are they supposed to get back with you? Oh, I I'm, I I do have a note to follow up with them. Um, I'm. It, it's about time. So they did say it was going to be. 
um, you know, a couple weeks. So I think we're right about at that. I think we're right about at that mark. So. Yeah, they were just overall in general. You know, OHM was was very impressed. I remember mm -hmm. calling the afternoon. I thought I knew everything about water. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so they're, they're, they're doing good things for us. The other thing um, that I think is interesting um, is uh, we've been analyzing the overnight data by we, I mean, Scott Ringler and, <laughs> and his engineering cronies. But um, and by overnight data, I mean, you know, looking at the water usage between midnight and, and 6 a.m. Um, because at that time, you would expect relative to the daytime, you would expect the seasonal you know, lot significantly less water. And actually, that's not the case. It's still using So uh, he's, he's gotten data from other similar communities. So we looked at hunting, hunting woods, for example, which demographic is similar to us. Um, and they have one and a half times the population that we have. Um, but yet they're using half of the amount of water that we're using overnight. And even more dramatic is, is uh, Berkeley, who is almost four times the size of our population. Um, they're, they're still using 14% less water overnight than we are. And they've got some industry too. So, so this, this could tell us one of one of two things. Um, it could tell us that, you know, that that uh, given how much use we're seeing, maybe we're not really using that amount and that cycle meter is oversized for our flow. So that's one possibility. The other possibility, um, if that meter is in fact appropriately sized, then what that's telling us is that we are actually using that water somewhere because it's going through the meter. Um, so you know, that tells us that it's, it's not a billing issue. It's not, even though we have issues with the BSNA system, we found things like the, uh, the back billing, the, set, the one and a half inch water meters that weren't being billed correctly. So we have those issues, the estimated meter, estimated reach, things like that. Um, but that would still say that we're using that water somehow. So it's going somewhere. So that would give us a lot of good intel. So um, <coughs> we did pass that information on to OHM and, and, and they're looking at that. So, um, and then for the planning commission, um, we, had a, we had a meeting uh, last Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, as I think everybody knows, we've been working on electrical vehicle charging uh, and ordinance for that. Uh, and the public hearing was set for that meeting for uh, April 19th. Mm -hmm. uh, planning Commission folks to have uh, input for um, the, uh, the ordinance. Uh, please feel free to come to that uh, meeting. And then the last thing um, was we were uh, approached by the uh, BP gas station that's going in south of 696 uh, with uh, variance requests, actually a couple of variance requests, and, and basically what what happened was site amendments. What's that? Site amendments. And it's, well, it's not amendment, yeah. What you guys planning commission doesn't do variances, right? Uh, they came with proposal. Right. Just making sure. Okay, sorry. Um, but um, basically, the issue that we had is there was an engineering oversight that was not caught by the planning commission, and, and what that was is the the ordinance requires a three-foot um, uh, screen wall, uh, masonry screen wall, on the Southfield Road side as well as the Coral Gable side. And those walls require 42-inch footings into the ground. And there's a state ordinance that says that um, a buried tank, uh, so the gas storage tank, can't be within 10 feet of, of a footing. And the tanks are already in the ground uh, and ready to go. So um, they wouldn't, wouldn't be able to put the walls. They, they alternative screening methods uh, such as vegetation. Uh, the planning commission board wasn't really satisfied with that. Um, and we talked through uh, the possibility of doing a paper wall. So instead of a kind 
concrete masonry, wall-to-wall -wall pavers like you see with uh, landscaping. Um, at least at that meeting, we think that that maybe you know more now, but we think that that um, meets the uh, intent of the ordinance. Uh, but we do want to check with the building official uh, and make sure that there aren't any safety concerns uh, associated with that. All right. No updates on that one yet. And then the other thing that they will probably be also be coming to council uh, because they um, also need to move their their monument sign, and it'll, it'll encroach into the right of way. And so we do have a, a, a encroachment license right now, so we may have to modify that. Thank you. Any other boards, commissions, or committees? I don't have an update, but I will be attending the first uh, quarterly SimCock meeting on Thursday, so hopefully I can bring back in the porch. Thank you. So I'd like to thank the Southfield Board of Education for hosting a meeting. Um, we had a good exchange. Um, they were very gracious hosts. Um, there are some plans for developing more of a community school district. Uh, they received some good news on the financial front. Their Moody rating was upgraded from B to A. Um, we have asked them to provide some information on uh, school funding because Southfield is a donor district, so that means that the money that comes in from our taxpayers doesn't all stay in our community. We help, uh, it goes out to other districts to help them. And uh, last year, we, Southfield Public Schools returned $780,000, so that's a, a large amount, and I think that re residents um, need to know that, you know, that's, that's what's happening and we're supporting other districts. Um, they're going to be having grand opening of um, on-site healthcare services with Ascension Community-Based Health Center, Immersive Mindfulness, and the Ascension Community Care Link Post. Um, they are currently offering telehealth services and dental services, and that is not based on financial need. Um, and we talked about uh, meeting quarterly so that we're all on the same page about what's going on in the community and, and we know what's going on in the schools. And so I look forward to that. Anything else? Um, public comment. Anything that someone wants to speak about? You have three minutes to uh, make a comment. You can, you can the have public comment is for that public to comment. There is no dialogue between um, the council members and the general public. However, during mayor and council comments, if a uh, council person would like to address um, what was stated during public comment, they can do it at that time. Is there anyone online that would like to speak? I see no hands raised at this time. Oh, scratch that, Miss. You're, uh, you may speak now, ma'am. Ma'am, you Hello? may speak now. Hello? Yes. 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 Council can hear you. Yes. Um, during your decision, uh, my uh, volume was going in and out, and I wasn't able to capture everything that you guys were saying about the decision that you made for my situation. Is there any way that someone can kind of give me an idea of what to expect at this from this point on. And um, also, uh, can anyone tell me, um, as far as my uh, 
uh, meter or unit usage. Can anyone tell me how much units am I being charged for at this point moving forward? Yes, Ms. White, this is Pam. Um, the council decided to approve an, um, 84 units, but they want to do a 50-50 split on that. So they want me to go readjust your bill and give you the 2020 rate and the 2020 rate, a 2021 rate, which would be um, a 50-50. So you're going to have part rate, 50% is going to be the 20 rate and the other 50 will be the 21 Rate. They also are going to waive penalties on this, so you can be on a payment plan, and I will have to recalculate your bill on that to find out. Going forward, I do not know what your use is going to be, because that's going to be what the uh, meter is going to read now, because you will have an accurate reads on your meter now. Okay, so, um, okay, all right. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Okay, so um, as far as the 84 unit that I'm being charged for, is that like, I mean, is it going to, I mean, because I feel like it's like an assumption that this is what I'm supposed to pay, like the 84, 89 unit. Uh, I don't understand how it's being calculated going all the way back to 2019. How is that, how is that being calculated? Well, from the read you had back when it was an original read to the read that was on your meter, the water is going through and it's still reading on your meter, but we were not able to get a read for that. So the read that came when after they fixed the meter is the correct read now on your meter and on our software. So what council has informed me to or has um, asked me to do is to give you two different rates. So I'm gonna give you a lower, the lower rate for the 2020 for 50% and then I'll give you the other rate for this year. So that will adjust your bill. Okay. And I do have your phone number still from the email. So I will be getting in contact with you probably within a day or two and let you know what the new bill will be. Okay, yes ma'am. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. I'm Nancy Griffin from Rainbow Drive. I don't know if you needed that information. I am here just because I wanted to implore you to maybe for the April meeting to have us come back in here in this room. I have to tell you, we're in the other room. The audio and the visual are not lining up on our, our screen. Um, it's just really awkward and I, it doesn't really encourage us I think to be here and be with you and part of you so I, I mean I feel like you're protected I'm we're all kind of living our lives now um, out in the world Someone, we're gonna adjust my bill uh as for the lower no, 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 no problem. Go ahead. So, I mean, if someone feels they need extra protection, wants to wear a mask, bruise, that's great, that's fine. But I do, I feel like we're really missing out over there and it's kind of time to bring us back in. Um, I, and I also think you're missing an opportunity with us citizens, your citizens, and getting that interaction. I mean, because you will, there are things, you know, there are ways we've been reacting in the other room and you don't even know, I mean, as a group. And at the most tonight, there are only nine people. 
and mm -hmm. sort of in and out. That was the, the largest number that was over there this evening. So I'm, I'll, I hope you'll think about it and maybe for April, let us back in, please. I feel like we're the bad children that have been sequestered <laughs> to another room. So hopefully, because I, we, we're kind of, we're all wanting to get a little more involved and it would be really nice to be with all of you. So that's it. And it's Bo Tamerly's birthday today. So I wanted to wish her a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bo. Okay. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Hope I'll be with you next month in the same room. Yes. Yes. Come on down. Please have a seat. Only ask that you speak really closely to the mic. Hi, good evening. My name is Brian Barnhill. I uh, wanted to first thank the mayor and the Honorable City Council for your commitment to public service and for uh, allowing me the opportunity to speak with you this evening. Uh, I'm here to uh, express my interest in joining your community as a cannabis business owner and operator. Uh, I'm here humbly and earnestly to um, try to understand the perspective of this honorable, uh, sorry, this honorable body um, and the members of the community um, so that um, we can try our best to try to take that into consideration if uh, granted the ability to being able to operate. Uh, look forward, if that occurs, to bringing good paying union jobs, uh, additional tax revenue, and also meaningful uh, resources to the community. So thank you and just look forward to learning more. Good evening. Thank you guys for having me. My name is Willie McKenzie. I'm the founder and CEO of Heritage Farms. Um, our retail brand is Heritage Provisioning. We are a community focused cannabis uh, company vertically integrated uh, and we're interested in having a store here in, in beautiful town of Lakewood Village. Um, like I said, we are community focused. We do a lot of philanthropic work, donating our time and resources to community groups. We also donate 1% of sales to the community. Um, and I am interested in, in kind of getting a sense of where the council stands on this issue and if you guys are planning to move forward. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anyone else? Hello. You seem to speak closely into the mic. Good evening. My name is Johnny Turnage. I am the contract director and political director at United Food and Commercial Workers Local 876. We just recently moved our union hall uh, a lot closer. We moved from Madison Heights to Southfield. Um, so first coming to say hi is the representative for the union is your new neighbor. Um, we're also here because Willie McKenzie who just spoke is the first unionized employer in the state. And we've been uh, supporting him, as an, him and his endeavors to continue to open up. We have what's called a labor peace agreement with him and every shop he continues to open will also bring more union jobs. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. So, is there anyone else in the? 
I still got a public comment that was also sent to us, which was from Ed, uh, Eddie Dagger. And um, he wants to know when will the cannabis applications resume? What are we waiting for? What are we still waiting for? Do we have a realistic tentative date on the progression on this matter? We have secured properties and are paying commitments to landlords, so we deserve to know the status. Um, and I apologize, I skipped unfinished or new business. That's okay, we didn't have any. Um, and now mayor and council comments. Um, one, there is a 5K coming up. Um, from the University High, um, and I'm trying to find the date. <laughs> I, I believe it's May 14th. Yes, you might remember this, uh, I think it was the year before last, I don't think it was last year, um, but they run through a walkthrough, like through uh, the community. And that is something um, that the chief is going to be getting involved with now, because I know there were some issues before with uh, some of the streets being blocked for, uh, for it, so. I have reached out to the coordinator and I'm waiting for a phone call back. Okay, all right. Um, and so I'm also really curious about the whole cannabis thing that this is coming up today. So I, my question is, is that, you know, we're gonna be doing the, what, next week we'll have it, where we're ready to have the language to be put on the ballot. Oh, okay. Or what the council can also do, and I'm just. Uh, oh, we were discussed on the yeah. well, I, I think I have to also kind of address everyone that's been asking the questions that at any time and wrong the council can just open up the application and process if they you know this is the direction they want to go on going right correct so yeah. it's not it's either we could put it on the ballot or if you know you have a um the majority of the council is it no it has just the majority of the council can change the application you know open the application process and you can be ready to take application if that's something that yes you as a majority of the council wants to do yeah i just wanted to be clear that there's two options that go on so no unless there might be a third option unless there's a public also a, a public um petition initiated okay you know, and then what about together. can this council repeal and replace the ordinance in place yep by the majority yes that would be a simple if that's what okay. you know, yeah, any any options. majority or any. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't even think about that one because that one kind of will open us up to have you know, some other repercussions. But the point is, there's three options for it. I'm just making it clear that it's not where you know one council person or a couple council people are voting in the, the application process because it can easily just be voted on. That's all. Yeah, I just uh, several months ago, I just it seemed apparent from the attitudes on council right, that it was going that way anyways, or that way being towards the uh, voter, um, towards being put in front of the voters. So I said, let's let's make sure that happens in November. But we don't miss that November deadline since the deadlines are 
getting things onto the, the ballot, you know, with this a significant backup. And so make sure it was, you know, ready and on the ballot. Correct. For the November ballot, um, if you do want to put it on the ballot, right. it's um, in May is the deadline. And I say that with no transparency, there was a group that approached me, which I said I wasn't meeting with anybody from cannabis because I think that that just keeps, you know, everything clean. But I was told that if some that there are people on the, on the council that are talking to uh, the cannabis folks and that it was me that's holding it up. And I just want to make it very clear, I'm not holding up the application process by far because if we want to open it up, we can. We can just have a vote about it and right. or put it on the ballot. So I just wanted to make- um, well, I thought we voted to delay it until we had a city administrator. That was what the vote was. Absolutely, we did. But I'm, not, I'm just saying we did, but there was a council person that went and talked to one of the cannabis um, companies. And I'm just clearing it up from my point of view because they're saying it was me that was holding up the application process. And I'm just saying that it's not. If you get a majority that wants to change the process, then you know we can, or we can just do the um, the uh, putting it on the ballot. One of those gentlemen approached me, and I, I suggested that they come here. That was just I wanted that clarification. And I think. That's all I got. Anybody else? Okay. Which one? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Okay. That's okay. Go ahead. No, finish it up first. That's good. No, go ahead, Karen. No. All right. So um, normally I go off notes, but I, I just want to read this because I want to be very careful with my, my word selection here. Uh, this has to do with uh, something we talked about recently. Um, a few months back, uh, we discussed working on updating our council procedures and adopting an ethics ordinance. Uh, I'm not sure why the process stalled, uh, but given the unprecedented number of procedural, ethical, uh, and potential legal lapses by one of our council members this past week alone, um, we need to make these updates a priority. Um, so, for example, tonight, we just deliberated and took action on Mrs. White's water bill issue. Um, last week, despite prior open meeting act training and multiple reminders from the city attorney, this council person emailed all council members about the same issue. Uh, the Open Meeting Act states that all deliberations for the decision must occur at a public forum. Emailing two or more council members on a topic of deliberation is a violation of the Open Meeting Act. This and similar other potential Open Meeting Act violations uh, this past week by this council person continues to put both the city and other council members both at legal and financial risk, not to mention the violation of the public trust due to the consistent lack of transparency. Another example of this council person's potentially illegal activities relates to the villagers' Facebook page. For the last couple of years, it has been council policy that council members do not participate on villagers. This is because the Freedom of Information Act requires the city to preserve and archive all posts on any site that we participate in. Because of the $5,500 per year price tag of the required archiving software, council decided that the city did not participate in our comment on city issues in the Facebook group. This has been conveyed multiple times to the new council as recently as last month by our city attorney. Yet this council person continues to participate in discussions regarding items that would be deliberated upon by council. While I clearly understand the desire to participate in these conversations as we are all here to help our residents, it's the wrong forum to do that. Again, it puts the city uh, at legal and financial risk by violating the archive requirement of the Freedom of Information Act. Additionally, it furthers the false notion that the villagers' Facebook site is a place for residents to go to get official answers to city-related issues. It is not. Um, the only way to stop this willful neglect is to pass an ethics ordinance 
Either that or forward a $5,500 invoice to this council person each year for the cost of purchasing the archive software. Further, wow. rather than joining in the Facebook complaints, a council person should use that information to come, with, come to council with ideas or solutions to solve the problem, not just join in on the complaints. In addition to these legal issues, the toxic environment fostered upon the city staff by this council person continued despite the discussions and pleas of the January 24th council session for us to do better. Our overworked city staff continues to regularly, regularly reach out with their request to intervene to make the workplace more tolerable. While this inappropriate behavior should never be tolerated, it has an intensified effect due to the huge volume of work done by a grossly understaffed administration. The past week, a staff member contacted this council person in an attempt to clarify what was being requested in a prior email. This resulted in several rude, terse, and inappropriate comments by the council person, including falsely accusing the staff member of having a cavalier attitude about spending taxpayer money, and also inappropriately explaining that this council person does not owe an explanation to anyone after how they've been treated. All this staff member did was ask for a clarification so that they could better understand this council person's request. Additionally, this council person used an email to a resident as an opportunity to passively aggressively uh, disparage the mayor. In violation of the Open Meetings Act, this email was copied to all council members for them to see the open sarcasm. If this council member has an issue, they need to confront that person individually and not do it through an email to a resident. Our residents deserve better, and it is inappropriate to use such a forum to address uh, interpersonal differences. Um, these and several others, you know, there, there were several other procedural issues and toxic emails, but I think I've made that point. Um, multiple trainings, constant reminders, provided reference documents, city attorney advice, laws, and common decency are all continually ignored. We have lost multiple staff because of this behavior. Our existing staff is becoming more disillusioned, and we're going to have difficulty hiring a talented city clerk and a city administrator into such an environment. While prior council members conform to the rules and procedures out of respect for the residents, each other, and the office, we're at a point where the only way this is going to stop is to formally update our council procedures and adopt an ethics ordinance to effectively enforce them. Doing so will enable the city to effectively move forward without having to waste an inordinate, inordinate amount of time dealing with disruptive behavior. I hope we can move forward immediately on working on our efforts. Anyone else? Is there going to be a recess? Yeah. 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 Is this going to be a regular part of the meeting? Okay. Stop doing I'm, I'm sorry, but the mayor comments on the village's page all the time. Then she should pay it well. Well, I guess she should. And yeah. also, she also copies you on all the communications. So there's three right. council members on the communication. So what? No, she doesn't. Uh -huh. What? Not when there's other council members. Uh, yes, yes, three. Yes, if I, I wouldn't know if it didn't come to me and it had the two of you on it. So that's three. That's a violation. And are we deliberating about what was on the email? Uh, it did, I was told it didn't matter. They just read the OMA too. I was told yeah. it didn't matter what the topic just, was. Yeah, okay, just okay. You what the law okay. Is. My, my statement is to make sure that the rules are applied. Um, well, that's interesting because you didn't you follow the rules the during the election. Come on, you called me out and multiple times at meetings. Would be able to, yes, to be able to um, address everyone. And, and you're right, no one individual, like if they're whoever, we should all, all council members will make a greater effort and should, um, you know, to, to follow that, the OMA rules and, and everything. It's just all, everybody. I agree. And I, I apologize. Yeah, I was, you're right. I apologize. I should not be writing on it. I should do better. 
Well, mine is out of frustration because I ask for information and but I don't, don't get it. For doing it. <laughs> I'm not going saying. to apologize. Okay. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, okay. it is the spirit of, and it's here's the mayor is, is trying to. No, I'm, I'm sorry. The behind the scenes okay. things people don't even know about. So it's no, not, we, we can do this in public and whatever. But you That's can fine. direct the legal counsel. I know we've discussed it. I know we've discussed it with Scott, but um, you have a more, uh, the, the council as a whole, has uh, more need or a desire for a quicker time frame, like as quick as possible. Yes. Is that yeah. something the U.S. whole yeah. can yes. agree to? Yes. We have we have an ethics one. That's why I don't think it moves. So we'll make that uh, definitely make that a priority. Thank you. You have something that you wanted to say, Karen? Whatever, like unbelievable. No. Okay. Um, I have multiple oh. other things to say. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. I now I see why you wanted me to go first. Um, I would like copies of uh, letters uh, and the communication that went out regarding that water issue um, with Mrs. White, just for an example to see what's going on. I know there are a lot of communication issues around here. People aren't responding to, they don't get answers, they're ignored, they're blown off. So I would like copies of that just to see what, what the communication was, just to see what our processes and procedures look like. Uh, also... Bruce talked about the waterline material. When people do send in the information, uh, no one's responded to. So that might be helpful if people were communicated with after they do the, uh, the test or the send in the picture. Uh, the water issue, I'm wondering why it took almost four, between four and five years to do anything about this. We've been losing money for a long, long time. Uh, also, um, there's a push for hawk signals on Southfield Road. I'm wondering where that uh, where that came from. Is that for the rest of our ARPA money? That is a DEA initiative to enhance the walkability of the of the city as a whole. Uh, the first one that we would like to install would be south of 696. And Smart has told us if we can get those hawk signals, then they will also be willing to significantly upgrade the bus stops on both the east and west side to something that's a little bit more um, like what we have out here at City Hall. Uh, the DDA has selected or identified rather uh, three additional tentative locations um, for uh, between 11 and 12 that we would like to, we are continuing to advocate for as the road commission undergoes their uh, the work in 2024. Residents through the master plan process have consistently said that they would like uh, additional additional crossings because Southfield Road is unsafe. And so, yes, that has been a resounding theme in all of our public uh, input, uh, crossings and walkability, enhanced walkability. No, the DDA has no part in the ARP, the ARP money. Uh, the DDA is intending to use the fund balance for, for at least a portion of these costs. We're seeking grants to help us do the rest of it. There is significant infrastructure funding coming from the federal government that I'm hoping to leverage.
address what Mr. Fancher said at this point? Didn't I argue that in your brief? Did I? No. I entertain a motion to adjourn. Second. You're adjourned. Have a good night.